I want to introduce Ray McCollum. He is the Policy Branch Chief for the Division of Acquisition and Cooperative Support at the National Science Foundation. And, uh, I, and Ray and I have interacted at a couple of networking events here in the DC area. So Ray, thank you for joining me. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. So for those who don't know you, please share a bit about your background, like where are you from, who you are, and what you do. Oh, sure, sure. So where am I from? I am from Lorain, Ohio, which is uh, about 40 minutes west of Cleveland, uh, born and raised there um, to a single family, low income home. Um, I was the first to go to college uh, and, and first to uh, go to the army as well. And the first of many different things, you know, that, that but I'm the youngest of four, so it's big for me to you know, to do all those things because I was breaking sort of the barriers and and such for at least those who were coming after me within my family. So, um, big deal for me, um, and and all that was, was was provided by a program that I was a part of when I was in the sixth grade, uh, the Young Scholars Program, hmm. um, and they were basically a program that focused on uh, um, on minorities in a low income. Um, area um, who don't have anyone that's gone to college or anything like that. So sort of trying to help them um, understand what it takes to go to college. And so from the sixth grade until I was uh, graduated high school, every summer I got to go to the Ohio State University and walk their campus for a whole month um, just to get an idea on the field and sort of get me ready also for, you know, once I graduated high school to go to uh, the Ohio State University. Um, and you see, I'm always going to emphasize, yeah. emphasize the the part uh, when I say the Ohio State University. But um, yeah, that was an important part of, of my life in, term, in terms of, you know, making sure that I, you know, broke the barrier of like not going to college, staying in the Ohio area uh, after high school and all those things. So that was definitely instrumental. And then also joining the Army. Um, that was a big deal too. Did join the Army when I was a senior in high school. Um, and actually began as a combat medic um, and then switched over to logistics. Uh, combat medic is not for me, not into the blood thing. That was like, uh, let's get out of this. Um, it was good. It was fun while it lasted. But uh, logistics is where I ended up um, and spent a, most of the time, most of my 10 years uh, when I was in the Army. But yeah, undergrad at Ohio State, uh, degree in operations management, which is specialization in purchasing. Um, and um, and a minor in political science. Um, and actually political science is what I wanted to do when I first went to undergrad. Um, and then kind of like, I didn't want to do all the, the, the one thing that tripped me up that I didn't want to do is learn foreign languages. Um, and I had, yep. it was really hard in college. So you had to spend a lot of time. There's extra sessions that you had to go to. And I was like, I'm good. I'm just going to stick to minor in political science. I can still be involved at, at the local level or state level, which I was. Uh, so that was certainly, um, uh, uh, helpful that I still had could still be in the in the field, but minor in political science and then grad school. I also went to the George George Washington University and got a, a degree uh, in project management. Um, so that's the I guess the educational uh, and where I grew up uh, um, in the synopsis of myself. Um, I think the other thing I should probably point out is how I like to volunteer. Um, and that's probably the space that we've met uh, with ACT IAC. Um, so, you know, I was as a part of the partners program in 2015. Um, so graduated in that class, shout out to all of those partners and fellows uh, from that class. Um, and then started to volunteer, continue to volunteer with partners um, at the vice chair level 
uh, for a couple of years. And then this year, I'm actually the chair, the government chair for uh, the partners program. And that I think that year, our year of online learning is, 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 is ending soon. So, but that was certainly an experience um, as well. Um, and also I've, I've been a part of the National Contract Management Association um, and was held a lot of positions in that the DC chapter, um, the, being also the president of that chapter, which was the largest at that time. And I think it's still currently the largest chapter within NCMA. And I also participated in their professional development program, which was the contract management leadership development program. Um, and it's about a year long program for um, uh, mid-level mid um, people who are or who are uh, in government or industry that um, have not gone into leadership yet, and so it's a good program to to help those folks with their soft skills, help them with uh, you know the things that they may expect when they go into um, leadership. And it's not going to obviously give you everything. You know, it can certainly tell you some things on the soft skill side, but you know, you have all these different employees with different personalities, so it's like those things are there, but you know, you're going to have to figure it out uh, as well uh, in using some of that, but also just using some common sense. Um, and so definitely NCMA, uh, um, act I act were some of the things I volunteered for, also volunteered for Veterans of Foreign Wars, wow. um, American Legion, because I did deploy twice with the Army, uh, both times to Iraq for two years. Um, so that was um, different points in my life, sophomore when I was in, in college during my sophomore year, and then again after the at the end of my graduation, my senior year. So, um, yeah, that was uh, also good experiences there. And actually, um, you know, just thinking about um, my first job within the federal government at the General Services Administration during my last deployment was actually when I interviewed to get into the space, to get into the federal government contracting space. <laughs> um, and I was in Iraq at the time when I had applied for the federal career intern program. And um, I was selected to do an interview and I had to tell them like, well, I'm going to have to call you because you cannot call me. And they're like, why not? <laughs> well, because I'm in Iraq. I mean, I don't think you can call there, but you know, you can try and they're like, okay, fine, just call us. And I did call them at 3 a.m. my time. And I think it was maybe, you know, 1 p.m. or, or some sort like that, uh, the time in, in the U.S. So um, conducted that interview and obviously was hired into the FCIP program at, at GSA. So that was my start into the government space. Um, and I ended up at GSA for about 10 years. Um, and certainly met a lot of a lot of people within the different programs networks, which is now the enterprise infrastructure service um, program or vehicle. Um, was in that um, worked in that office. Um, also worked at the schedules program. Did that probably for the majority of my time at GSA. Um, also did some time at Betsim, um, and then also in the office of government wide policy. So definitely had a lot big of big yeah, big highlights. Yes, yes, definitely had a good time there with all the things that I was able to learn, uh, the different people I was able to meet and learn from as well. Um, you know, GSA being the, the acquisition agency, certainly there's a lot of experts there that you can talk to. And I still, you know, tap into those people even in my current position at NSF. Uh, but before I got to NSF though, I did leave GSA to go to the State Department for a year. Um, and that, that was a, a good, um, a good, a good, a good break, I guess, kind of, not really a break, uh, but it was d definitely different uh, from GSA. 
Uh, but it was definitely, they have an interesting mission over there at the State Department. Um, and I got a chance to see different, um, the different things that they do. It's so, you know, I think some people don't think State Department's that large, but it's it's very large. <laughs> they have so many different things that they have to do over there and purchase and all those things. Um, so I was there for a year, learned a lot, uh, and then transitioned over uh, to the National Science Foundation, where I'm now the policy branch within the Division of Acquisition and Cooperative Support. And that been there for about 11 months now, um, and that's been uh, a great experience as well. Um, it's uh, back to not just um, uh, doing policy, but also managing people. Um, I think that's that's important for me anyways. I like to uh, be a part of the development of, you know, the future leaders of today and so uh, the future leaders that's going to come after me and, you know, may even take my job. You know, I want to make sure that they know where to, what to do and what all the things that I had to go through um, and, you know, just to get to uh, this level and what it takes to get to the next level as well. So definitely like my professional development programs, you know, I see I'm part of a lot of them because I, I know how important it is for, you know, the government and, you know, industry everywhere else that's going to need someone to replace, you know, someone to be leaders of their businesses. Wow. Well, that's very impressive. I am sure your, your mom is proud. Yes, I'm the, I'm the baby, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it was a lot of firsts, as you said, right? And yeah. then getting into government and doing the things you're doing now, I mean, they're, they're all very impressive in the volunteering and the leading leadership development programs. Um, those are all things that uh, not a lot of people, right? Not a lot of people take that opportunity to pass on things to the next, uh, to the up and comers. And so that's, that's really um, credit to you. I yeah, think. yeah. And I also say, I was, I think I was also just lucky enough to um, be managed by certain people that were uh, approving of me participating in these programs, you know, mm. you know, these programs aren't free. Um, and so, you know, going, you know, once I uh, started in the government, I think, um, you know, it's all, it's always a matter of who you fall into, who's, who ends up being your supervisor, because they will have an effect on, you know, your career. Um, and so um, I just was lucky enough to have uh, a supervisors that were just open enough for me to be a part of these programs. Um, cause it obviously could have went a different direction, but you know, if you get the right supervisor, then perhaps, you know, that can certainly help you in your career. So that's true. So is that scholarship program from uh, sixth grade to 12, is that still something that's in effect in Ohio? Yeah. Yeah. It's still in effect in Ohio. Um, and actually they go to the, they, they mainly focus on the larger cities in Ohio. Um, and when you say large, they're really not that large because it's Ohio. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, Lorraine, the Clevelands, the Columbus, the Dayton's, uh, Youngstown, Akron, um, and Cincinnati. They focus on all of those different those areas. Um, and yeah, they've still been going on until to until not present. Um, and I actually am a part of that organization as well. They have the Young Scholars Program alum, um, and those folks are still. Uh, trying to be involved with the folks that are uh, in the program now who are, um, you know, between sixth grade or in high, in high school. Um, so yeah, that program is still there and it's still doing its job of, of making sure that um, the, the folks who live in those certain areas get an opportunity to come to campus. Um, and, you know, when they graduate as well, they have that scholarship too, as long as they keep up their, their grades, um, you know, while they're in college, you know, that that's the, that's a, definitely a big benefit too. If you can, you know, go to college and leave there without any debt, right. uh, that's a big deal. So the Young Scholars Program is certainly helping 
um, you know, low income people get ahead because um, they could be pushed further behind, even with, um, you know, not getting a scholarship and then having to pay for it and get all that incur all that debt. So kudos to the Young Scholars Program. Yeah, that's amazing. It sounds like you followed a bit of both a, tr a non-traditional and a traditional route because you, while you were in the scholarship program, you kind of jumped into the military in the middle of that. Uh, how did that work with your scholarship? Now, I, I, was it post-military, you were able to still take advantage of that? So the, the, I joined the army when I was um, a senior in high school. Um, and so actually uh, part of the reason why I joined the army was I was kind of a bit worried that I wouldn't be able to hold up my end of the bargain in college. <laughs> okay. And so I, the army was a contingency plan. Um, I mean, I thought it was a good idea to do it, but it also was a contingency plan for in case I was, you know, failing in college and I'm like, okay, well, I need to, I can go to the army. I have that fallback. So, um, but it, all, all in all, I still could get the tuition assistance um, even with the academic scholarship. Cause as you know, these scholarships and sometimes the tuition assistance stuff will not cover everything at once. You still need additional scholarships and everything else. So, um, so, you know, to cover books and, and, and housing and, and some of those things. So um, I was still able to utilize both uh, when I was an undergrad. Fantastic. Okay. So then what's something that you would change about, um, about things you've learned as you've gone through this process, right? You've, you've been in your career for a while uh, between the army and, and, and here in the government. Um, what is something you've noticed throughout this experience that if, if somebody came to, to you, Ray, and said, hey, Ray, today you are in charge. You get to make the big decision and you get to, to bring forth something that we should consider changing. What's, what's that look like for you? Yeah, so two things. Um, so one, I think, um, you know, not many people, so I think there's people who know about some of these programs that I've gone through, but they don't, um, may not are afforded the opportunity to participate in those programs. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't have the, the magic wand to fix those things, but I think it's very important for, you know, leaders, uh, future leaders to go through some sort of programs that will help them learn outside of what they're learning at an agency. You know, those, I don't, I think it's, it does a disservice to um, uh, individuals who are, who have to basically learn by just doing the work, mm. not learn by also participating in programs and, and learning what others are doing on the outside. I mean, I think that's a big deal. I think a lot of things that I've probably learned and understood was coming from some of these programs and speaking to people who were, who are not at the same agency that I was at. Um, I think that's so much helpful to, uh, so helpful. So it was very helpful to me in terms of having people I can talk to and bounce ideas off of, uh, reach back to um, even now to, to get information from. And there's like plenty of people that I still talk to and, and, and I'm sure they use me for the same reason. And uh, we're, we're friends, yes, but they also use me for the reason of, hey, I, you are at a, the government agency. How do we look, how do you guys look at so-and-so? And, you know, a lot of the agencies that, um, I've also been at, you know, we still able to tap into each other just to make sure we are sort of consistent or, you know, there's something that maybe I didn't think of that they did that we are able to share. And I think um, being a part of these programs, though, certainly helps people to start networking and build their, their networks uh, so that they can, you know, grow um, as individuals, because it's not just going to be from just doing the work sitting in front of you. Uh, and that's number one. Uh, number two, I think something that could be improved and I think there's certainly progress being made, but I think there's, you know, we got some ways to go. Um, I think seeing 
minorities in, in the um, senior executive service. I think mm -hmm. there's been progress, but I think uh, at the same time, it's still a long way to go. And I think, I, I'm, I hope that many people aren't just hiring uh, minorities just for the sense of saying they check the box. I think it's also the part of making sure you are preparing them to be in those positions and um, not just setting them up to fail. And so, you know, I think that's probably something that, you know, I'm obviously looking at just to make sure that I'm putting in the right situation position as well. I mean, there's programs out there that prepare, um, um, again, as uh, people who are future leaders want to be SESs, but it's a matter of does your senior leader want to put you in those programs? Right. Uh, you know, so that's that's the the, the biggest thing that um, I think needs to be fixed and structurally as well. When you think about, you know, it's not just a matter of you know, there's probably only so many minorities that can choose from to become senior executive. But what are you doing to build that up as well? So where are you going to recruit? Um, where what? How are you? Um, how are you recruiting in the first place? I mean, those those are structural changes that need to be made. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I think I, I've seen at least, I should say it that way, I've seen at least when it comes to recruiting, where, where some of the organizations where maybe people may tap into um, just to uh, try to at least find some uh, potential recruits to join, you know, the agents like your, NES, your National Society of Black Engineers or mm -hmm. any of those sort of type organizations. Um, those are certainly opportunities to bring in minorities into uh, the government. So there are some agencies who are focused on joining those groups and, and going to their job fairs and that sort of thing. But again, like that's probably where you should start, but not many agencies are doing it. So, mm. you know, there's there are structural changes that need to be changed when it comes to, you know, where these job fairs are happening, what schools are they bringing into? Like you can, you can see a lot of by what, you know, who's a part of these job fairs. Uh, and, and how these agencies are, you know, setting up these job fairs and which job fairs they're joining, you can see if they're actually changing how they are attacking what needs to be changed. Uh, but, you know, kudos also to the agencies when it comes to creating the uh, diversity uh, groups um, uh, within the, the agencies and putting SES at level, put them at SES levels as well so that they are a part of the conversation. Um, I think that's a big deal and, and it's very helpful for um, um, you know, others in the agencies to certainly learn about what's going on. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I feel very strongly in the same, the same way you do that um, it's twofold, right? It's not just hire more. Um, it's also build them up, like provide them opportunities to explore leadership, provide them opportunities to learn from others. I, I, I yeah, I, I'm right there with you. That's, and you're right. It's something that, um, Every agency needs to, to take a look at, and some are right. There's you. I'm, I'm in government like you are, and so there's a lot of agencies um, taking on really good diversity programs. But, but if it's just that, right, where we just get to talk to each other at the existing agency, but we're not making active change, you're right. Then it's not going to really improve the situation. Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. So, wow, where are you headed, Ray? What, what's, what, what are your plans? I know you've been at uh, NSF for a while. I'm not saying you're going to leave NSF. Nobody, nobody's saying that to make sure that's out there. But, I know, right? <laughs> but what, I mean, you, you, in your career, you've been doing growth and doing different opportunities and, and across giving back as well. Where are you headed in either, any of those spaces? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I've certainly thought about and, and probably still plan to do it it's at some point. Uh, become go to the senior executives uh, services and, 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 and 
whatever position, leadership position uh, that I feel that is um, uh, something that's good for me. Um, but, you know, right now, though, to your point, you know, I am, I've only been at NSF for 11 months and certainly been happy there um, with the, the leadership there. And, um, and I, they're certainly making sure that I'm prepared to go to the next level by putting me in other programs. Um, so, you know, certainly when that, when it's time for uh, that bridge to be crossed, I'll be able to cross it. But I think SES is certainly on the plate. Um, and also at some point, you know, go into industry, test those waters as well. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, definitely, I at least plan to be in my position for uh, a little bit more, a little bit longer. Um, but whatever world I actually take after this, I hope they just let me still travel, um, you know, still uh, have my bourbon, um, you know, do those things that I enjoy as well. But uh, definitely when that right position comes along, you know, then I, I uh, certainly entertain it. But right now I'm certainly happy at NSF. Well, Ray, this has been a great conversation. I look forward to one day working for you. You, you get that SES position. I will absolutely come work for you. Great person. <laughs> Uh, and you're great at inspiring others. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. And thank you for coming on the podcast today. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for just having me. I'm just, I was just honored that you even uh, asked me to, to do a pod, the interview. So I was like, yes, of course, bring me on. So appreciate it. I'm glad you allowed me to tell my story as well. <laughs>